medallions of Mahi Mahi. That always struck me as, uh, you know, whenever you see the word medallions of on one of these South Beach restaurant uh, menus, you, you know, that's it. Don't order that. Get a hot dog. <laughs> get yourself out of there because you're going to be, it's worse than the old syndrome that uh, used to uh, be the cliche about Chinese restaurants where, uh, you know, you stuff yourself and then a half hour later you're hungry again. Medallions of Mahi Mahi. I was a place, uh, last time I think I actually ate, uh, this is centuries ago already, on the South Beach, at the South Beach restaurant, was a place called, a fish called Avalon. And I had the medallions of Mahi Mahi and you literally needed an electron micro to see the, <laughs> the food that was the main course. The parsley was bigger than the medallions of Mahi Mahi. Medallions is another name on a restaurant menu for small. Yes. <laughs> or minuscule. They may as well just be minuscule pieces of fish. That would be the way to describe the dish. Uh, but uh, medallions of Mahi Mahi. Wow, I mean, the elegance. Uh, you know, the, the way the chef prepares. Uh, anybody could prepare like a, a morsel of fish. <laughs> it's hard to blow that, the pieces. Unbelievable. The time. Wake up with Defo. Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defo Show. Good morning, world. I guess the world. Yeah. Internet. I mean, we were always. You could get us on iRadio app. Always. So we were the world, but we really didn't care about anyone but South Florida. But now on this thing. We are focused on everyone. We talk a lot of South Florida, but we're focused on everyone. So good morning, world. Uh, you once again see me alone, and you're like, oh, what happened? So he's alive, from what I know. I saw him as late as yesterday at like 1.15, um, and he had a little tickle, and his toe was busted up. And figured, okay, well, rest up, see you tomorrow, and get a message. In the wee hours of the morning, I get a message last night, sleeping, and get a message in hours this morning, cold, worse, toes now even secondary. Fun. So Defoe, as you can see, is not with me. I presume he's sleeping or I, I don't know what he's doing. Um, he doesn't feel well. And I guess this is going around. A lot of people have this. Um, knock on wood, I'm okay. So I'm here with you. Good morning, one and all. As we wrap up this week, the last week before the holidays. I guess it's so funny because next week is the, the week of Christmas, the week after is the week of New Year's. But because we're on the weekend... The week isn't the week. I don't know. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, so you're done. Because usually she takes her. She's in the technology industry. And the tech industry is amazing. They take usually the last two weeks off and possibly the first week off of the next year. They just take weeks off. So I assume she'd be off the next two weeks. But I guess because it doesn't start till the weekend, uh, Christmas, even Christmas Eve is on Saturday, next Saturday, a week from tomorrow, that she's actually working all week. Look at her. Um, so I, I guess this is the, still the second to last week before the holidays. I don't know. Hanukkah, I know, starts Sunday, and Christmas is a week from Sunday. Christmas Eve is a, Christmas Eve has become a holiday in its own of itself, so Christmas Eve is a week from Saturday. So, I consider this starting the holidays. I had a lot of fun and trivia last night. Um, hopefully, you all are ready for some football action. The bowl season kicks off today, and we have bowls all day long. We have bowls all weekend long. The Gators, I think, play tomorrow. So we get, and they play a good Oregon State team. So for a team that went, what they go, six and six or six and seven? They actually, uh, the Las Vegas Bowl is a weird bowl to be in because it's December 17th, which is as early as it gets. But it is in Las Vegas. So if you're a bunch of college kids going to Las Vegas, that's pretty freaking cool. And you're, they're playing a good Oregon State team. So we'll see. I, I don't know who was playing for them because Anthony Richardson declared for the draft. Usually 
when players declare for the draft in this day and age, they're not playing in the bowl, especially the December 17th Las Vegas Bowl. And I know the Gators had some issues with their back at quarterback, so I have no idea who's going to play quarterback for the Gators. Um, and I know some people have said uh, in the media that <laughs> down here we don't care about bowls. Who would I'd rather not play in a bowl. That's idiotic. Of course, you'd rather play in a bowl. There's a reason the FSU made a bowl for 40 straight years, didn't make make a bowl for five, and the rest of college football, especially in the state of Florida, mocked them for it. So making bowls is a big deal. You'd like to make a bowl, and not making a bowl in year one of a coach who's getting paid $8 million a year is a joke. And if, look, I think Napier's getting like $7 million a year, and he didn't make, and he, he at least made a bowl. Uh, he made it at six and seven. So at least, at least in your when he made a bowl, I mean, if you're a Miami fan, not look, they're recruiting amazing. They got another five star yesterday on the field. They look like ass. Yeah, like to me, you look at the powerhouse programs. Yeah, they recruit well. They also coach well. Like when you're supposed to win nine or 10 games, when you're in the easiest division in college football, and the AC Coastal really is that. I mean, even this year, Duke was better. Carolina ended up being pretty good with Drake May. Carolina's defense sucks. Like, the Coastal's not good. The Canes have one of the easiest schedules in Power 5. To win only five games is a joke. And I get it's your one, and they're recruiting well. And Mario said to recruit well. Okay. And his team got worse the Like, it's not... It's, it's that the Canes got worse the entire year. Like, every... Like, they didn't start that bad. Their defense started good. Their offense looked promising. By the end of the year, their offense, their quarterback was benched. The Heisman hopeful quarterback was benched. Their backup quarterback, Jake Garcia, was a high-level four-star transferring in, wasn't playing because he sucked. And Ja'Curry Brown, their freshman that they hoped was the future, looked horrendous Like by the end of the year. Their offense was abysmal, and their defense wasn't good. It was okay. It had signs of life, but it wasn't good. Like, yes, it's year one. Yes, you're recruiting well, but your coaches look like they don't know how to coach. So... Canes fans are in a, an interesting place because recruiting is how you build a program. But in this day and age with the transfer portal, it's not only about recruiting. Because the, the thing with recruits is it takes them usually two to three years. This day and age, if you're a super-duper five-star or, or, or high-level four-star, we'll see you year one. You'll get some run year run. Look at the Gators. Trevor Etienne ended up being probably their best or second-best back. Was really good as a true freshman. Well, Club Nick got run with Clemson as a true freshman. You'll see some true freshmen, but usually you're not getting a lot of run until your redshirt freshman year, your sophomore year, sometimes even your junior year, okay? So recruiting is great, and it is important. People who say it's not, they're wrong. But if you want to see success now, that's not usually recruiting. So year two to see a big turn on from the Canes, this class isn't going to do it. The returning players, well, they have 17 players in the transfer portal, so they're not returning a lot. On top of that, they... they haven't hit the transfer portal well. They've actually got players that had decent names in the transfer portal, and it, they weren't good. The receiver they got from Oklahoma a couple years ago did a good job, but outside of that, I mean, it hasn't done well. So I'm really curious to see how this amazing – it's a great recruiting class. You can't take anything – right now they're top three. I don't think they'll finish there. I think they'll finish in the, the 5 to 10 range. But after a 5 and 7 year, to have a top 10 class, to have near a top 5 class is astounding. At, 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 look, it is. It's just – it's impressive. Problem is, Cristobal's questions weren't around recruiting. It's around, can he coach? Can he develop talent? Something at Oregon he didn't do. Like, they recruited really well, and outside of Panay Sewell, their players really, and Holland, who wasn't really his kid, like, his players, these great recruits, didn't get better. They got worse. 
and you're sitting with the Canes. He didn't get rid of a lot of players going into year one. Most coaches do. So he thought they had talent. They could play. They couldn't coach him up. So now they're all transferring. So we'll see. So there's my uh, start of the day diatribe. Did not plan to go there, but Canes fans are excited, and they should. Recruiting is great. Recruiting is fun. Believe me, I've been into recruiting since it was popular, before it was popular. I started getting recruiting when I was in high school, and it was there wasn't all these internet sources. Like, I would look on freaking the newspaper and see at the end of the year who did what, and then Rivals started my freshman year in college, and I followed Rivals. Well, Rivals might have existed, but no one followed it. I started following Rivals before anyone. So I've been in recruiting before everyone, and it matters, but we're in a different age. The trend for portal allows you to fix yourself on the fly where you'd like to get a top 10 class, but if you can go get the right pieces in a portal, transfer portal kids play this year. FSU got a running back who had been off injured from Oregon. People questioned him coming in. He became a top three running back in the country. Trey Benson was as good as any running back in the country this year. Transfer, okay? Wilson became one of the better receivers in the country. Transfer. Like, transfers come in and play that year. Recruits usually come in and play two or three years on the road. So, Canes are doing some interesting things on the trail. We'll see if that translates on the field. Florida State is in a bowl. The Gators are in a bowl. UCF is in a bowl. We'll see how their bowls go. That starts this afternoon. I think it's maybe as early as 12 o'clock. We have bowls. Last night was Thursday Night Football. San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> the beat keeps going. It's got, my whole life, I've usually rooted against the Niners for, look, early years, the big Montana Marino debate. I'm from South Florida. So, who am I going to side with? I had just missed the Super Bowls. I was alive for Marino Super Bowl, but I was a, a, an infant. Um, but still growing up, that was a debate. Most of Marino's career until the 90s. And I'm a South Floridian. I'm a Dolphin fan. So I couldn't stand the Niners. And I love the Dolphins. And I love Dan Marino. So the Niners were always a team I was sort of eh. And then later on years, I couldn't stand Terrell Owens. So I hated those teams. So I've always sort of rooted against the Niners. I'm not going to lie. This team outside of Kyle Shanahan should have given the, been a part of giving the Patriots a Super Bowl loss. And it was single-handedly him deciding to keep throwing it when they had a massive lead that allowed the Patriots to win. Outside of that, this team doesn't have much to hate. They actually have a lot of players that are really fun. Kittle is a grinded-out, really talented dude. Debo Samuel's fun. Not a big McCaffrey fan, but, you know, that defense is grinded out, sort of old school. Like, I, I this team is is solid. And now they're interesting because they have a, <laughs> a Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback who had a lot of success at Iowa State. And I still don't understand. I get he's undersized. But Brock Purdy had it. Usually a guy has that much success. No, they're not a, automatically a first-round pick or starter. But they'll usually go by the fifth round or sixth. Like, they'll usually someone will take a flyer on them. It's interesting that literally Brock Purdy was the last pick. But, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He doubt, Doubtful is the way to put it, Mr. Mayo. Uh, probable, and he ended up showing up yesterday. I, he's showing pictures of NyQuil, which, and NyQuil is not good. I would, you should use it like Robitussin or something else. Not, I mean, they're not a sponsor. So maybe if they are, I'll sing their praises, but NyQuil sort of sucks when it comes to cold medicines. You need to use like four times the amount, and it's like hit or miss. Uh, but anyways, that's a picture I get from him. So yeah, Defoe's not here now. He may not he may not be in the lunchbox. We'll see. We are live at Gulfstream Park. Really excited about that. Andy won our first week's prize. It went really well. So hopefully you guys get involved. You guys and gals get involved in week number two's prizes. Um, and maybe the the bulls may start early. Thank you, Mr. Sarney, as you are our producer on the fly. Um, but the P- Brock Purdy story, Mr. Relevant himself, is really interesting to me. No, he's not setting the world ablaze. But he doesn't have to. Like that, Jimmy G wasn't either. Jimmy G, they tried to get rid of all offseason. They literally traded up 
traded up and used a third overall pick on Trey Lance last year. The dude was supposed to be their future. Jimmy G was supposed to be done. Then Trey Lance was not ready. They, they're not writing him off like what's happening with uh, Jordan over there in Green Bay, but Jordan Love with Green Bay, but they're, like, they still hope he's the future, but he's not ready now. So Jimmy G, they got behind, and they started playing well with Jimmy G because Jimmy G, I don't know if he's a winner guy. He doesn't mess up guy. He's not really chucking it down the field. He's not athletic to make plays on the run and elude tackles, but they have a really good offensive line. They have a really good run game, and they have a great defense. And when Bose is healthy, that defense is scary. And Jimmy G has to dish the ball and get rid of the ball and try not to take sacks and try not to turn it over. And he's good at that. So they have succeeded. Well, Brock Purdy is not only as good at that, he may be better in the sense that he's actually athletic. Like, he's, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he has wiggle. It's like, it reminds me of Tua, where people think Tua's not athletic, they're wrong. Tua's just not Lamar Jackson. Tua's not going to just run for 50 yards when the, the thing, the play breaks down. But Tua can avoid pressure. He is good at scrambling. And we've seen the last couple of weeks, he can run if he needs to. Purdy's like that. Purdy's actually pretty athletic. Like, he can run, he can move, and he also doesn't turn it over, really. And he makes the smart play. Well, you're seeing the Niners were already playing well with Jimmy G. They're playing even better. They've now won seven in a row. They're now 10-4, and four, and they've now clinched the NFC West with three games remaining after they beat the Seattle Seahawks last night, 21-13. to 13. The Seahawks have come back to earth. Geno Smith, is, what a great story. No, Geno Smith, he's fine. You know, like, if he's not asked to do anything and there's no expectations, he can win you some games. He's still Geno Smith. <laughs> like, he's average. Now, G- Purdy's a different story, but again, they're not asking Purdy to do much. And I'm just, I, I'm curious about this story because you have Trey Lance, who's hurt all year, and this big, strong guy who can run like the wind and has a good arm. You have Jimmy G who's winning, and now Purdy's winning, and Purdy's a seventh-round pick, so his contract's nothing. And you have, they're built to win because of the parts, the sum of the parts. So I'm curious how this story goes if Purdy keeps winning, and it sort of feels like he is. The Niners are playing as well as anyone in football. And to me, it's the Niners and the Chiefs at this point right now. Like, the Bills are really good, but that scary thing we put on, we put on them early on, Josh Allen turns it over. That's what Josh Allen does, and we've seen it. He, up until about two weeks ago, was leading the league in interceptions. So... And he loves to run, and he loves to run over guys. And to me, at some point, I don't care how big and strong he is, something's going to happen to him. And we've seen their defense is really good, and we've seen the Bills are really good. But they've faltered at different times in this season. The Chiefs, even when they struggle, they look different. And the Niners right now look scary. The Niners are the one team now that looks scary. So I, that's where it sort of feels like uh, the, le- the league is right now. Um, yeah, you have the Eagles, who are a really good team. I still think the Niners are a little bit better. I Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, and he's better than I thought he would be. But most of his success relies on running, and we know in the playoffs, defenses are like, no, you're not going to do that. What about this? No, you're not doing that. What about this? What about throwing? And Jalen Hurts is a, is become a solid passer, but again, when he doesn't run, he's not as he's average. So to me, the Niners are just on another level, and that was an interesting Thursday night football game. The Miami Heat. We haven't talked a lot of heat, but the Heat are now at 500. Tyler Hero, who was thought to have a sophomore slump last year, has come out of it and is killing it. He is playing amazing right now, including last night a career-high 41 points. My favorite part is 
He hit 10 of 15 threes. So not only hit 10 threes, but he was efficient from the three-point line. And then he shot 13 of 20 overall, meaning he shot a ton of threes and still was efficient, period, which is impressive because sometimes for him, he'll just chuck it up. And he's really gotten better at not wasting shots. Like, he's taking shots that are smart shots. Most of the Heat didn't play last night. Bam didn't play. Lowry didn't play. Oladipo didn't play. Jimmy Butler was supposed to not play but did play. And he had a nice all-around night. Only had 20 points because Hero was on. But Jimmy had 20, 10, 7, and 4. Which, so he had an all-around game. And the Rockets are horrible. And the Heat did, again, give up a big lead. But again, they won. And they're now sitting at 500. They're now leading their division. And the team that I was ready to say, tank it for Webemanye, uh, maybe not because the Heat don't go away. And I, it's why the, I, earlier this week I was like, we don't really talk a lot of Heat because they haven't been good like last year. But they are lingering. And they're actually, we're only, like at the time, two or three games back of like the fourth seed or the third seed. So I was like, all right, if you're the Heat, you're actually not a bad spot. The, the Celtics were horrendous into January last year. And now they're like the hottest team. They're one of the hottest teams in basketball. And they went to the finals last season. So the Heat, if they get it turned on in December, they're ahead of the curve compared to the Celtics. Look, you're a team that contends every year. It's the, the Warriors, a lot of people are, are questioning the Warriors. To me, we've seen it. Like when you're a team that wins a lot, and that's the, that's the problem. And that's what we're, we're wondering about college football. When you have playoffs and you have long regular seasons, it makes the regular season matter less. I mean, Shaq said it. Shaq's like, yeah, I don't give a shit about the regular season. Like, that's the thing. And the Heat have done this a long time. And they have a lot of older guys. They have youth, but they have older. And when you have older in this league, in this day and age, you don't give it your all the whole regular season. So the Heat have sort of screwed around. The Warriors have sort of screwed around. We've seen the Nets sort of screw around. The Sixers sort of screw around. I don't know what that means for these teams later on. I know the Warriors, we've seen them turn it on when they need to. And we've now, and in the past, we've seen the Heat turn it on when they need to. So... All those people that were sort of questioning the Heat, I, I don't know if they're a legit contender as of now, but I know they were a shot away from the finals last year, and Hero is a much better player, and Bam, so far, is a much better player. And Jimmy's just, as Jimmy's at the top of his career right now. Jimmy's playing great at every part of the game. He's become a really good passer. He is a great scorer. He's super efficient. He plays elite defense, and he's leader guy. Like, literally, he said, I could score whenever I want, but it's not about me. It's about getting my guys involved. And that's, those are the guys that win you titles. Like Jason, we don't hear Jason, as much as Jason Tatum's grown and everyone around the league wants to make Jason Tatum great. You never hear him talk like that. Like Jason, Jason Tatum doesn't talk like, I'm going to go win a title leader guy. LeBron, Kobe. Like he just doesn't sound like that. Like I, I don't ever, I've never, I don't even hear him talk, Jason Tatum. So, and I think a lot of that does matter. Like I don't need, you don't need to be vocal or not, but the way you play Especially in the NBA, if you're the number one guy, Kawhi Leonard eventually became that. He wasn't that early in his career. He became that. Like, you've seen these guys. Who, Giannis, for sure, with his play, has become leader guy. Like you, And he say, and when Giannis talks, he, he says all the right things off the court or on the court while not playing. Like, I, the Celtics, question, I question that is, do they have that leader? He do. And it's why they've sniffed the finals or titles two out of the last three seasons. They're not done, and I, it's interesting to see they, they give up these big leads every single game, and it's, it's frustrating, but they're winning these games lately, and they're playing crap teams, and that's fine. Win the games. That's what matters, and he got a nice win last night, sitting Oladipo, Lowry, or they were out because injury, whatever the hell they were out for, Oladipo, Lowry, and Bam. 
111-108, back to 500. Uh, the Canes, as I said, when I started this thing, got another five-star recruit. It is impressive what Cristobal, Ruiz, and whatever they, however they're doing it, the staff, they have a top three. As of now, they have a top three class. You were five and seven. <laughs> like, if you can get a top 10 to 15 class at five and seven, that's amazing. You get a, a top five class, and signing day is only, I think, a week or two away. So I have been waiting for the, some defections. They've had a lot of transfers. But this recruiting class has stayed together, and they've added. This week alone, they added two top 100 kids. Uh, the offensive lineman yesterday, whose nickname is Pancake, by the way, which is a, uh, the nickname you want for an offensive lineman, is top 20. And Bain Jr., the defensive lineman, is top, like, 80. And that's just this week. So they're doing a hell of a job recruiting. We'll see how it affects the play on the field. Because Texas A&M has done a hell of a job recruiting. And Jimbo has won a title in the past, and they're not winning now. The SEC West usually is the toughest division in college football. The ACC Coastal isn't. So if you have enough talent, even if your coaching is questionable, you think you'd find ways to win. We'll see what happens to Miami Hurricanes as they are rolling on the recruiting trail. And the Finns, weather, it's a state of mind, is what Tua says. Mike McDaniel, Hamana Hamana, is his way through a presser, trying to talk about how he doesn't focus on the weather, but if you focus on the weather, then you focus on the weather, and then if you don't focus, then you're not focusing, and then the weather's really there, but it's not there. It's only there if you want it to be, but it doesn't have to be. Whatever the hell he said in his press conference, the Dolphins will play in weather. When I looked at it earlier this week, it was supposed to say not more than an inch of snow. It's a Saturday night. I didn't take that into account, so it could be up to five to seven inches of snow. I don't know. I've chalked the game to a loss, so I, I'm focusing on those last three games. It'd be cool if they put a representative effort against the Bills this Saturday night. We shall see. This is a Degenerate Friday. We will have the Greek coming up with his football plays. We'll have the professor with his college bowl plays of the weekend, or the next week, I guess, because we won't have him again until next Friday. So we'll have the, uh, from today to next Friday... And we, and of course, his hilarious big board. And we will have Mark Lawrence with his trend, his world championship handicapper. Mark Lawrence with his trend plays. And the gambling gourmet himself in your precursor to the lunchbox from Goldstream Park. We'll do our Degenerate Friday with the gambling gourmet with our mix of food and sports fun. Appreciate you finding us this morning. And I don't know what you're saying, Jim. So I appreciate you chat, chiming in. I can't talk and read. Um, but appreciate those who have tuned in this morning. Appreciate those who will stick with me. Don't worry. It's not like the rest of this week uh, where you get a lot of me. You're going to get a, not going to get a lot of me. You're going to get a lot of everyone else as it is a degenerate Friday. I promise. So stick with me and get your degenerate plays of the weekend on the Devo show. No Devo, just Luby here. More after this on South Florida Live. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. 
You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. I, I like when uh, the guys on the CBS pregame show, yeah. you know, like Boomer and all of the uh, crew there, they, they're picking games without the point spread. And then yeah, they're, they're unanimously, uh, you know, on the side of the favorite. Picking games without a point spread is like telling somebody that you banged a girl last night and she was a hooker. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I look at it. Got home last night, yeah. We now return to the Defoe Show. Welcome back. One and all, the Devo Show. No Devo, just Louie here on South Florida Live, a gentleman that we've been talking to weekly for a long time. Now, we were, used to be privileged enough to talk to him daily until he went and did his own thing because he's just a star that you couldn't contain. The one and only Greek joins me now. Good morning, Greek. How you doing? I'm doing good, Louie. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm solo. Yet again, it seems like I'm doing this a lot these days, and it is not on purpose. I did not push Defoe in front of a bus as much as he intimates I, I dream for. I'd rather not, actually. It's a lot easier when no he's way. here. Um, no, it's a lot no. more fun when he's here. Um, but thank goodness for you, because it's always fun when you're on with us. What's going on with you, sir? Uh, you know, same old hustle bustle, trying to find a nice elf for the holidays and doing what I do best. Spreading cheer and winter. <laughs> so what are your thoughts? So what's funny to me is I'm actually, we're, we're so used to disasters here in Miami that I'm, yeah. I'm strangely rooting for the success of uh, Bryce Purdy just because I don't understand how the Niners will handle that whole situation. Jimmy G, actually, they brought him back. He actually was playing well. Oh, Jimmy G is gone. They would put a Kardashian in before Jimmy G. They hate him. <laughs> He has no luck, no matter who it is. They found somebody <laughs> off the street and they take him. So Kevin Harding, they wouldn't care. They, they hate him. They're like management with me. You do great, but they're still jealous. <laughs> that actually is an apt comparison. <laughs> what you do is bring money and how they do is bitch. <laughs> you bring in $2 million. Bitch? Oh, don't worry about it, Greg. It's okay. It's okay. It's exactly. Okay. <laughs> They're talking you up a ledge. It's like, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, that was okay. You see, Joe, he, he just closed the deal for $11. What a great guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
I just, but that's the thing is, it's not only just the Jimmy G part, but they went, it was literally like a year, two years ago that they traded up a ton to get Trey Lance at the third pick. And you're not even hearing that name. Like, I'm just curious. Purdy's playing really well and he cost them nothing. A seventh round pick is nothing. Like, if he can really be the real deal. Oh, yeah, well, they'll get rid of him. I mean, they, they also, you know, remember, don't forget, Jimmy G in August, they call him. They call him, don't even come to camp. I know, I know. I know. Stay home. I, know. I mean, the good thing with Jimmy G, he's cute, and he bangs porn stars. So, at least he's got that. <laughs> but, no, this kid's doing good. He was very good. You know, most people don't know him because they're not big sports fans. But Iowa State. He's great at Iowa State. Yep. He's got a good arm. Yep. Uh, they won last night, but they're winning, you know, seven in a row. Great defense they have. Uh, Samuel's out. They're still winning. McCafferty's awesome. His girlfriend's hot. So what else do you want? Yeah, exactly. It's just an interesting story. It's something you don't see usually uh, in sports, especially in yeah, football. Yeah, when you don't know who to bet, you bet the guy with the hotter girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know that's how you roll. And uh, that's how, who is it? James Franklin, like the coach for Penn State. I always buy Girl Scout cookies from the girl who's got a hot mom. <laughs> Same thing. Good scouting. <laughs> I saw kids to some pick. All righty. What do you have for me this weekend, sir? I, I like Detroit going back to New York. The line is one now. The Jets, I think Detroit's going to beat them. Uh, Washington, I think, tuned the Giants playing for. Yeah. I would bet a sex change on that. I really do. <laughs> I really do. And then I got to tell you, the Gators are in a bowl game getting like 11 points from Oregon State. Yeah. I don't know. The whole world's on the Beavers, and uh, that's usually where I lean. But I'm going to go with the Gators plus 11. All righty. So you have uh, in the NF, you have the Lions, the Hot Lions, who have won. They're six and one in the last seven games. Um, you have Washington over the Giants and the Gators, who I I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. So I think that's what it is. <laughs> Richardson declared. Barrier. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Danny Warfel. <laughs> doing last part. Exactly. And you have the Gators getting 11. Uh, anything else for us? Uh, That's it. Don't weekend. be greedy. That's great. <laughs> and where can people check you out to get more of your hilarity, Greek man? Uh, you get it on Real Radio today, 10 to 2, 92 on FM, and then 1230 Gambler at 3 to 5. Uh, also on uh, HD2987. And then if you catch me in Boca at New York Prime or uh, Strike Cigar Lounge. <laughs> exactly. And you can check him out each and every Friday right here with us at about 720 Greek. Yep. We love you, my friend. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Luby. I'll see you soon. Let's try to get a cigar before the holidays. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, maybe this weekend. Thanks, Greek man. All right. And one and only Greek, short and sweet. And again, his plays were the... Detroit Lions, look, the Detroit Lions, uh, it, it, they're not a secret anymore. Detroit Lions getting almost two points against the New York Jets. The Washington Commanders, the, the, the New York Giants are not playing good. And it, it, look, it was an aberration, and it was Barkley. Wow, he's actually better than we thought. Daniel Jones isn't screwing things up, but that team is in a rebuild, and they're not good. Um, he thinks the Commanders laying four in a hook isn't enough. <laughs> he's all over the Commanders. And the Gators, and that's the thing with the Gators, is I don't know who's playing quarterback. Richardson declared for the draft, so he's not going to play in the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, their backup got popped for some illicit shit and was kicked off the team. So I don't even know who their quarterback is. And Oregon State's actually playing really well, and I don't think they have anyone that's getting drafted high enough where they're going to miss the bowl. So that's why it's 11. He has the Gators getting 11. 
in Greek's football plays of the day. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we're going to talk with the professor. He had technical issues last week, so he was not able to give us his big board top five. He was not able to give us his college basketball plays where he kicked ass in college basketball last weekend. But he's always great in the bowl season. He will have bowl picks for you, bowl picks for me, bowl picks for all of us. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes. Defoe, if you're t- tuning in going, what the hell, Ruby again? This is not my choice. Believe me, I have never said, oh, screw the old man. Our thing ended and we came together. Whether it's good or bad, we're still together. I did not push him off of a cliff. We don't even have cliffs. Or I live in off a sample. We do have the garbage mountain. I don't know if pushing him off the garbage mountain would kill him, but I, I never considered it and I wouldn't do it. Um, he's ill. He had sort of a tickle yesterday if you watched us. He made his return from the Bahamas. And I guess went to bed last night and felt like ass. So he is not here today. I don't know if he's going to be with us on the lunchbox. And you should be with us. We are giving each and every Friday, we are live from Goldstream Park. And we're giving away a pair of vouchers to the 10 Palms Brunch. Now you're like, who cares about 10 Palms Brunch? Why would I go to Goldstream for a brunch? Hopefully you should just go to Goldstream. It's a blast. But the brunch is ridiculous. It's actually really good. And Defoe's joke through the years where the time he saw me walking with a plate of king crab legs that was up to here. It wasn't literally this high, but probably about this high. Uh, they do the make your own pasta. They do breakfast. Like literally, the food manager was with us last week, and he said people will come and just camp out all day because they do a breakfast. They do some lunch stuff. They do some. They do prime rib if you're there long enough. Like they do a bunch of stuff, and they do a really good job, and it's really high quality, and it's really it's. And it's right over the track, so you can, and there's betting machines, and there's tellers around, and you can see everything. It's a really fun atmosphere, and if you tune in and jump in on our trivia, our Gulfstream Park Trivia Challenge event with Mike, I'm Mike Mayo's Lunchbox every Friday, you get a chance at a pair of vouchers too, the Ten Palms Brunch on Sundays, and I think it, if I'm not wrong, it's any Sunday up until I guess... April or March, we'll, we'll clarify that today at 12 o'clock, but we're going to give you hints at a trivia question. You will answer that question via email to Mike Mayo, Mike Mayo's email address, and you will pick the winner of the feature race from Gulfstream Park for Saturday. So you send an email with your answer to the trivia question as we give hints all show long, and you will give your winner... And again, it's usually 1 through 11, okay? So if you're a, a horse gambler, if you're watching as you probably are, you can handicap. If you're not, just pick a number 1 through 11. You can give the name of the horse or the number or both and give your correct answer to the trivia question and you will win a pair of vouchers to the 10 Palms Restaurant. We do that each and every Friday as we are live at Gulfstream Park. Really excited. We are at Gulfstream Park for years between the Defoe Show and our Defoe Radio Show that we did online. Years um, and really happy to be back with Mike Mayo, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. So tune into that at 12 o'clock. I have no idea if Defoe's going to be there. I, he's been under the weather many a time. He never misses for being under the weather. But I guess the fact that we're at home and I can do this without him has made life easier for him when he's sick. So he is not here, but he may be with us on the Lunchbox. Uh, last night, the Miami Heat were on, namely Tyler Hero. He set a career high with 41 points, hit 10 threes, tying a Miami Heat record. And the favorite, again, like I said before, my favorite part about it was that he was efficient. He literally was 13 to 20 
from the field, even though he shot 15 threes, and he was 10 of 15 from three. And he had a nice all-around game. And Jimmy Butler, uh, you didn't have Bam, you didn't have Oladipo, you didn't have Larry, but you had Butler, and he went for 20, 10, 7, and 4, a nice all-around game. And yeah, the Rockets are horrendous, and they're, it feels like they're all in on tanking. Uh, it's a, and he gave up a big lead. It was nice to see them win, get to 500 at this point in the season with all the struggles they've had, all the injury issues they've had. They're still now leading their division, and I think only a game or two out of the, a top four seed. So there you go. Thursday Night Football, talked about it with Greek a little bit. Brock Purdy, and I call him Bryce Purdy. Brock Purdy uh, is playing well, and he's staying out of the way. And that's really what they need from him. And he's being Jimmy G better for less money, and Greek kept going back to Jimmy G. Jimmy G isn't the question. To me, it's Trey Lance. Like, two years ago, look, the Dolphins have their pick. Like, two years ago, they traded up with the Dolphins to get the third pick, and they drafted Trey Lance. So they traded up, used draft capital, to then use a third overall pick on a quarterback. He's hurt this year. Look, the Brock Purdy story is still very early, so it doesn't mean he's the future, but he's playing well every week, and teams now know he's a starter, and teams now are preparing for him, and, yep, <laughs> like, they, they haven't figured him out yet, and I get it, it's early. Well, look, but they lose Debo Samuel, one of the best weapons in all of football, and I get it, they have McCaffrey and Kittle, but you would think that would affect him a little bit. No, the kid just keeps going, and he's not killing it. only just had over 200 yards, two touchdowns, but he had no picks. He, almost, he had one that should have been picked, but no picks, and was nice and a fit, threw for 65% completion percentage. He's just getting the job done, and their defense is elite. When Nick Bosa's out there, their defense is unstoppable. Because not only he's a menace, but they have really great linebackers and they have a really good secondary. And they have a great offensive line. And they can run the ball. And Shanahan, when it's not the Super Bowl, is really good at coaching. So that team's interesting. And they kept winning. They won for their seventh straight game last night. They beat the Seahawks 21-13. to And right now, the Chiefs are really good. And the Bills are really good. The Eagles are really good. To me, and it's not a, a stretch there, Niners are playing as well as anyone in football, and they're getting better, and they have a young quarterback who had a lot of success at Iowa State, and he's the kind of guy that wouldn't be a first-round pick, but he, him being a seventh-round pick is weird. I get it. He's undersized, but he had a lot of success, and he, I know he's small, but I don't think, it's not like he's 5'10". Like I think he has okay size, and he has athleticism, and he has a nice arm. The whole Brock Purdy thing being Mr. Relevant is weird, but he found the right home, and especially when it's the quarterback position, Situation is everything. The Niners are hitting on all cylinders at the right time. The Miami Dolphins are struggling at the wrong time. And weather is what everyone's worried about with the Bills game. Again, I said it, and maybe I'm being too cynical. I wrote this game off before they even played the Niners game. Like, you're going to Buffalo in mid-December. Okay, good luck. Let alone, it's a Saturday night. Good luck. And the Bills are playing better. And you already beat the Bills. Like, the Bills need this game. Not, they don't want to lose two games to you. So I I wrote it off. Then they lost it two. I really wrote it off. And now the weather, I thought it was going to be less than an inch. Uh, the report that it could get as high as seven inches, maybe even more of snow just Saturday alone. That's not something. And I get it. The team isn't all South Floridians. However, they're not all Buffalonians. And most of the kids, most of the country does not, outside of New Hampshire and Vermont and parts of Minnesota, like most of the country doesn't do what Buffalo does. So even if you played in the cold, it's not like 
there's Lambo. Outside of that, most of the kids are coming from the South and the West. Like, you're not getting that weather there. So it's really hard to be used to playing in that. Even Buffalo, Buffalo players, I'm sure, aren't used to it, let alone players that don't play in it. So I sort of chalked it up to a loss. I just hope that they put some kind of an effort together because those last three games are the last. The next two after that are must-wins, and depending on those, we'll see what the last game of the year in New England is. This season, I still think they'll get their nine wins. I still think they'll get to 11, 10 or 11 wins, and I still think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, we'll see if they prove me right or wrong. Coming up next, we will have more plays for you. Coming up next, we'll have more plays for you, and we'll have the hilarious Big Board Top 5, the one and only. Didn't make it last week because of technical issues, but the one and only Professor will join me next. Defoe under the weather. Uh, hopefully, he feels better. I do not know if he'll be on the lunchbox, but he's not with us here. I am with you, and we have the professor coming up. Following that, we will have Mark Lawrence and his trend handicapping plays. And then we'll finish it off, as we do each and every Friday, with the gambling gourmet Mike Mayo, mixing the worlds of food and sports. More to come, the Defoe Show with Luby. No Defoe, just Luby, here on South Florida Live. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family. Good for a date or just a night out for yourself. And prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks, hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Verizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954 809 8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Mr. Pentangeli, were you a member of the Corleone family? Did you serve under Capo regime under Vito Corleone, also known as the Godfather? I, uh, I never knew no Godfather. <laughs> Mr. Pentangeli, you, uh, you are contradicting a sworn statement you previously made to me and signed. 
I ask you again, sir, here and now, under oath, were you at any time a member of a crime organization headed by Michael Corleone? I don't know nothing about that. Oh, I was in the olive oil business with his father, but that was a long time ago, that's all. We have a sworn affidavit. We have it. Your sworn affidavit that you murdered on the orders of Michael Corleone. Do you deny this confession? Look, the FBI guys, they promised me a deal. So I made up a lot of stuff about Michael Corleone, because that's what they wanted. But it was all lies. Everything. And I kept saying, uh, Michael Corleone did this, and uh, Michael Corleone did that. So I said, uh, yeah, sure. It's now time for The Defoe Show. Alrighty, well, <laughs> you're getting a lot of me, <laughs> which I know everyone loves. Literally, I had a guy, and I, 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 when I tell people this, and my wife goes, why do you do that? Why do you engage? Uh, what was it, two, three weeks ago, before I went to Hawaii, this guy, it was a week, there was a day where, like, Mayo and, like, I've been doing this long enough where I'll talk when I'm needed, and if I'm not needed, I won't talk. And I guess Mayo, a lot of the time in the, in the lunchbox with Mayo and Defoe, I don't talk, it's them talking, and... If I, I have something to say, I'll jump in, or if Mayo brings me up, or Defo brings me up, I'll jump in. But for the most part, I wasn't talking. And I guess this was a particular day that I didn't talk a lot. And this guy literally on the chat. And that's the thing, everyone can see the chat. So, like, to me, if you're going to deride me on the chat, like, I'm not going to go, yes, sir. You know, like, I'm going to respond. That's who I am. I, I don't know whether it's being defensive. Call it whatever the hell you want. If you come at me, I feel it's my my right to return the favor. So this guy was like, good job today, Luby. Uh, stayed out of it. Didn't <laughs> shut up and just did your producing prowess. And I was like, "What's I don't even know what producing prowess is. Like, I'm not in the studio anymore. I'm not doing a bunch of crap behind the scenes. Like, uh, and with Mayo, I don't even do that much. We don't play rejoins and stuff. Like, I, I don't even know what you mean. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, um, but maybe you don't want to tune in next week because I'm going to be talking a lot. He's like, huh? I was, I was like, and thanks for. He's like, I was like, thanks for. I was like, I'm a co-host. It's sort of part of my job to talk. And I'm like, you don't sort of, you don't understand what that phrase means. And he's like, you know, just giving you constructive criticism. And again, that's not constructive. And what I said to him, that's not constructive. When you tell someone they're doing a good job because they're not speaking and their job is to speak, that's not constructive criticism. That's just criticism. That's just saying things for no reason that doesn't help. That's just criticizing which is useless so that so i responded no that's just criticism i appreciate it and you probably don't want to watch the next few weeks because diva will be in and out of town you're gonna get a lot of me so here we are a lot of me um diva was back yesterday he was here and it was fun we had a good time and he had a tickle and the tickle i guess turned into a full-blown cold and he's not here but i am yay uh so we will have more handicappers at some point the professor I saw him yesterday. He was all in. He was excited because he didn't get to do the big board last week. Um, so he was going to make sure he gave, and he killed it with college basketball plays. 
So he was going to be here with us to do his college bowl plays and his top five big board. He's, as you can see, not here. Uh, hopefully he will be here with us at some point this morning. Um, at around 8.20, we'll have Mark Lawrence. Oh, there he is. All right, cool. As I'm floundering. Uh, the one and only professor joins me this morning. New technology in hand. Good morning, Professor Man. How are you? Sort of old technology. I was at, I ordered the same headset. I just managed to lose it. It wasn't <laughs> like I improved things. Well, you have technology working, which is a win. As yes. Defoe doesn't have his health working, and he's not here this morning. Um, all right, so... Before we get into the bowl season, you actually have been doing really well with college basketball. I'm not asking for plays because we didn't even discuss that, so I'm not throwing you a, a loop. But I know last weekend you did do really well when it came to uh, college basketball. I'm not throwing you a loop, but I'm definitely throwing no, you I'm a loop. For we... I'm asking you for plays. Okay. So I know you did really well last weekend. You and I were talking about this because over the years I've become less and less of a regular season college basketball fan, and it takes me really till about February, March. Even you this year were trying, were, have sort of struggled to put your finger on who's good and bad. Like, just as a quick, because most of our <laughs> listeners and viewers are like me, where they don't get into college basketball until February. Where are we with the college basketball season? Well, I mean, uh, realistically, you're doing, uh, you're doing uh, uh, radio in South Florida here, so I don't think your fans get into college basketball Never. until... <laughs> There's brackets. <laughs> like uh, the first week of April. Like I, I, I feel like most of them do brackets, but they don't actually pay attention to it. It's, I feel like yours is the, the pool that the secretary wins a lot because she picks by team colors. Exactly. Um, <laughs> look, you know, and uh, obviously we, sh- we should uh, talk to Blake more at, at yeah. some point about this, see if he's got any feeling. Yeah. Um, I, I think like everybody else, I'm reasonably impressed with Purdue. They've gotten off to a great start. Um, Virginia's ranked second in the country. They're playing great, but the couple of times I've seen them, I haven't been blown away with them. Yeah, but I think you're good. talking about, you know, the typical Virginia team. They execute very well, but you're certainly not going to be stunned by the amount of individual talent. Yeah. I think when you talk about individual talent, at least in terms of the top team, UConn seems to be up there, but they don't seem to be very deep this time around. Uh, really more of a starting five kind of group. Uh, but have played really well to start the season. I don't know if they've been as tested as some of the other, you know, teams throughout the country. Um, and, you know, after that, I, I really liked Texas. And then their coach decided to go home the other night and beat up his wife. Uh, so his future so. looks very much in doubt. And I, I would assume that would throw that team really for a oh, big loop. If you had asked me at the beginning of the week, I probably would have said Texas, but uh, Chris Beard's apparently a moron. So, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, definitely puts a, a big question mark or asterisk in front of their season right at the moment. All righty. And uh, as we, before we get into the bowl season, um, we, it's funny, you and I've talked a lot about this because in the past, you're really good at looking ahead to games like well before. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just, thanks. Thanks for ruining that college football playoff and college football because nobody wants to play anymore. And that's the thing is it's something Devo and I haven't talked about, but it, you and I brought it up. You actually brought it up last week. And I was like, oh, shoot, that's true. Like, because I would always ask before, oh, what are you looking at? And Devo and I would actually give us something to talk about because you know what the hell you're doing. And that's where we got into that Hawaii Bowl theory was from you, um, which is, I think it's a, this is another solid year for that theory, but like, you well, are... it'll never it'll never surpass the uh the classic one which was when um 
think his name was Southwick. The the Boise State quarterback Boise went State. out there with Boise State to play Oregon State and got sent home because he was throwing bags of urine <laughs> off the top of the hotel room. Just probably probably a pretty good indication that you dipped a little too far into the poi at the uh, the pregame luau. Having a little too good a time being out there uh, on vacation. You know, unfortunately, look, with all this, and again, the classic, even though it was kind of a crap bowl, is uh, we had Missouri and Army last year. And then the day of the game, forget the guys who tell you, like, weeks yeah, ahead of time yeah. that I'm going to the NFL, I'm not going to the day of the game, like six Missouri players, uh, including their starting quarterback, and I think it was like their top three running backs. So you ended up with this walk-on white kid who was, you know, Luby sized, exactly. weighed like 140 pounds, uh, being Missouri starters. And they ended up actually playing close. And I, as I recall, they went to the final drive. They almost won the game. Uh, but I mean, that's the kind of chaos you're getting in bowls right now. Is like the best you can hope for is maybe guys will let you know three or four days ahead of time uh, that that they'll sit out as opposed to the actual day of the game. But it becomes, you know, very difficult to look at, uh, look ahead to some of these bowls simply because you really, in a lot of cases, don't know who's going to actually play. Um, you know, let's use today, hopefully with a situation like the Bahamas bowls, if guys are going to take the team trip and actually go to the Bahamas, they're actually going to play the game. Now, yeah. does that mean they're going to come out and play particularly hard? Who the hell knows? They are, after all, in the Bahamas. And uh, given the sponsor, maybe they get free Popeyes all week. I don't know. That'd be a pretty good deal, actually. Okay, it'd probably kill me, but you get to go out to the Bahamas. And, you know, unlike Defo, who goes to uh, Atlantis and get gets ripped off 24 hours a day in terms of food and drink, you get the free Popeyes combo yeah. package. That would be, like, I, I'm going to say. That would I'm saying that would be a pretty good I in my personal opinion. Yeah. I'm not a guy who needs like the best buy gift card because I got all the electronics crap around yeah. my house that I'm ever gonna want. Yeah. Uh, except maybe when I lose headsets. Uh like the the free Popeye swag bag would be of a lot of use to me. <laughs> I'm right with you there. I'm the king of free right? food, you know that. <laughs> You're an FSU fit. It, it beats like Cheez-Its for yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. That's a shitty-ass swag bag. But free Popeyes. And if they give them, like, cards for free Popeyes for a year or something, which could be within reason. They probably don't. Popeyes doesn't seem like they're oh. a giveaway thing kind of franchise. But even well, if you just got free kids. Popeyes to win the bowl game, I think that would it might not help your performance. Yeah. I'm not saying the team nutritionist is going to be happy about it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it made very well, uh, you know, make you want to go play the bowl game. So do you, before you used to do handicapping for almost all the bowls beforehand and maybe not put action on all of them, but a lot of them, can you do that with any bowls now? Like even the ones that are like the UF ones. I mean, early. I think you could do it with the playoffs and okay. I think you could do it with most of the major teams, not major games. That's the major teams, the Alabamas of the world, the, you know, some of the bigger names, not because they're not going to have guys sit up, but because I think generally they're going to tell you about it. They're okay. not going to, you know, give you a surprise where game day, three three Man. guys have been added to the list. I think yeah. most major programs are doing their best to keep uh, people informed, not necessarily for betting purposes or for, for the gamblers out there, but because I think, you know, they have large enough traveling fan bases who are going to make the decision yeah, yeah. about going to a bowl game that they want to let those people know. They want to let the boosters know and keep them informed. So I think when you're talking about the big, big-time programs, uh, yeah, you can somewhat take it for granted. The information is going to be relatively current. Now you can't get a surprise injury 
but that's always been the case. But yeah. in terms of the new, uh, I'm sitting out the Bulls trend. I'm in the transfer portal trend. I, I think those teams keep you relatively informed. You get in these minor bowl games this week. No, I really don't think you can. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much you can't really go before game day and adjust accordingly uh, as it as it gets to game day. So you're so you literally are because you said this and I was like, oh, no, that can't be true. Like you're going day by day and that's how you're handicapping. Like literally you're putting it in action yeah, I, for today I, yeah, and not I think tomorrow. After uh, up until last year, I mean, now this trend started. I, I think it was two, three years McCaffrey ago. Yep, yep, I think it was like three one. or four years ago. Yep. Uh, I mean, this trend started three or four years ago where guys would announce uh, that they weren't playing. Um, and it is sort of increasing each year. And up until last year, I really think you could have done it really a week ahead of time. It was was pretty much the window. Uh, and it was whether guys were traveling with the team. Most of the time when guys were sitting out, they weren't traveling with the team. And then last year, it went absolutely wacky. And again, the Missouri game was the, the best example, like, because I think it was like literally six players decided game day. But there were half a dozen or more other ball games where guys decided within the last 24 hours that they were not going to play in the ball. So I think you got to come into this year with a day by day policy, because I don't think you can, you can take it for granted that you're going to have all of the announcements uh, ahead of time. And I think you could, you know, wake up with a very nasty surprise, a game you've been targeting for a couple of weeks. And, you know, all of a sudden your quarterback has decided, Oh, I'm going to be a seventh round draft pick. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to be Brock Purdy. So, uh, I'm going to sit out my ball game. All right. Well, in honor of that, so are you just, we have two games today. Are you just, for your plays, are you just picking from today's? Because one of the games actually. We're going to go today and tomorrow. We're going to take a chance that we don't get any game days tomorrow. But, um, yeah, we're only doing today and tomorrow. Okay. All right. What do you Um, have for us in in the play category? Well, let's start with uh, today. We've got the Care Bowl. That's UTSA and Troy. Yeah, it's randomly a top 25 matchup. (laughs) It it is a top 25 (laughs) matchup, although not one to get excited. And I will remember. Oh, and we got uh, Sarni asking us about the Division Two and Division Three championship of course. games. Yeah, I, I got to be honest, Jim. I pay a lot of one double A attention. I don't pay a lot of attention. Uh, if I, do you bet on them? Though, are you betting on North Dakota it, State and South Dakota State? Like, do you actually bet on those? I've never heard you oh, betting. Yeah, on I them. always bet the one. Well, not always, but I bet the one double A games pretty frequently. Yes, okay, good for you. <laughs> um, and, Anyway, I don't even know who's in the Division Two. Let me look these games up real quick. I'm assuming Mount Union or Wisconsin Whitewater is probably in the uh, Division Two championships. They're always a pretty solid. I have no clue. I, uh, pick here. I Let give me you credit pull for that up honoring Jim for Quest. I and I love him. I usually black out half of what he, he literally. We would talk about ninth grade lacrosse half the time if it was up to Jim Sarney. So. I love him and I appreciate his producing on the fly. He corrects us quite often and it's needed. But sometimes, yeah, I, I don't know what's going okay, on. Okay, we've got Mount Union and North Central Illinois. Just go. on name value, I would have to pick Mount, Mount Union. Union there. <laughs> I mean, they've won something like 15 out of the last play. They're the North Dakota State of Division Three. Uh, again, you do see some surprises. There was a school a couple of years ago named Barry Baylor Harden, uh, which came out of nowhere out of Texas, where I didn't even know they played Division Three ball. And uh, nuked Mount Union in the championship game a few years back. But uh, I would have to go to Mount Union. Uh, not on serious handicapping purposes, but just strictly on, on name value there. Yep. Again, they are they are the powerhouse school of Division Three football for people who pay attention to that. <laughs> Apparently, Jim is one of them. One of 
One of the seven. Like, <laughs> like one of 28 nationally and the only one in the state of Florida, but he is one of them. Uh, anyway, All right, so the going care back bowl. to today's the game, we've got uh, the care bowl between Troy and Utsa. Uh My favorite story on that is uh, Defoe and I were talking about an obscure bowl game one year, uh, years ago, where Troy was playing. And uh, Visser came on, Les, the lovely inside of Leslie Visser came on as a guest for us. And uh, she thought I was talking about on, betting on Troy Aikman because it was unfathomable <laughs> her that anybody would actually bet a ball game involving Troy. But now they are a top 25 program. All right, so there you go. Look at that. They've come so far. And they're getting two from UTSA. UTSA is a, a team with some bowl experience and uh, got a pleasant surprise when their quarterback decided earlier this week to come back from her for a sixth year. Uh, but I think Troy has really Im- finished the year on an impressive run. They're absolutely clobbered. Uh, Coastal Carolina in their bowl game uh, and co- really comes in on a right run. They have not lost the game, uh, I believe, since October. And that oh, was geez. to Appalachian State at Appalachian wow. State. It was a game uh, I watched. It was right after uh, App State had pulled off that upset against uh, Texas A&M. And Troy should have won that game. For those who don't remember, that's the game where Appalachian State got the uh, the tipped Hail Mary oh, uh, at the fourth quarter at the end early in the season. Troy hasn't lost a ball game since then. They've barely been played close since then. Uh, they beat Army, who we saw a couple weeks ago, uh, and then they beat up on uh, UL Monroe, Arkey State, and Coastal Carolina in the, the championship game. Getting a couple points here, I think Troy's a very solid play. They're the much better defensive team. Both teams have pretty high-flying offenses. But I would say, in fact, uh, that Troy comes in with the vastly better defense, particularly a defensive line, which is a lot of pressure on the pass. Uh, High-scoring game here, I would imagine. Uh, but I would definitely uh, look to the Trojans and uh, take Troy uh, in this spot in the care ball. Okay. And I, honestly, at 57, it's probably a good game to go over, too. Okay. So that's of today's action. You like the, uh, you like Troy. I don't even know what, what is Troy's nickname. Troy. Uh, Jim, has, Jim has told us, by the way, that uh, Division Two is Colorado School of Mines versus Ferris <laughs> State. Shut up. Is that really a name? I thought he was just I'm, joking. Like, I'm is that picking the, name? the Colorado School of Mines because if you were a school of mines. Like, is that what they are? And you're making a championship game, you got to have some tough bastards. Right? Like, <laughs> Do they actually have mines? Do you're, mines not, so you're not going to a school of mines if you're soft, <laughs> right? Like mean? there's no communications majors. At the school of you're, not, philosophy arts, you're not getting liberal arts majors. You got to be a, a hard ass if mind. you want to go to the school of mines, right? <laughs> if you have like a stock brokerage <laughs> or a bank or some soft ass office job, you're not hiring somebody from the school of mines. You're not deciding That's... between Chicago and the school of mines. <laughs> That's a bunch of dudes who whose career path is I'm gonna go cry, climb down in a mine and die of black lung like oh my god football's a walk in the park to those guys oh, Jesus all right so yeah I don't know who to pick I guess I would do the same Colorado School of Mines versus Ferris State just the names alone tells you who you should go with um all right so that's what you have for today what what do you have from tomorrow tomorrow's sleep um one of everybody's favorite uh, bowl game names the uh, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, or the Jimmy Kimmel Los Angeles Bowl. Uh, you got to like a, a game that's named after Jimmy Kimmel for reasons that defy explanation for me. I don't know <laughs> why Jimmy it. Kimmel decided to slap his name on a bowl game. I guess if I were rich or famous, I would probably He's slap sure my name on the, the, the Ken Bowl. <laughs> for sure you would have a bowl. 
I would, uh, yes, <laughs> if I just had money to throw away, or better yet, had a television network that was willing to just throw money away on me, I would probably slap my name on a bowl too. So kudos <laughs> to Jimmy Kimmel for making that move. I can't, I can't hate on that in the least. Uh, and that is Fresno State uh, against Washington State. Washington State, a team we've actually kind of liked throughout the year. They've been very tough against the spread. I have no idea why they're getting points here uh, because apparently not many people watch Fresno State annually disappoint you in bowl games. They usually look strong coming into games, and they almost always crap to bed in bowl games. So getting points uh, against Fresno State with their hugely disappointing bowl history uh, seems like an absolute no-brainer to me. I'm taking uh, Washington State in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl over Fresno State tomorrow. And you have any other action on this weekend's slate? Um, again, this is going to uh, come as a surprise to some people, I guess, in the Scott Satterfield Bowl, uh, which is uh, a game that I don't, you know, I, I would normally oh, yeah, in the uh, case of this city be rooting for a stadium explosion, not because I hate either team, uh, but because I hate the stadium, and that is the Fenway Bowl up in Boston, Jesus. which is a weirdly <laughs> cursed game. They had some odd occurrence like three years ago, and then they had to cancel this game twice for COVID, and now they come back. And we'll be talking about this later in the big board. But one team's coach quits to become the other team's coach. Yeah, which that's is funny. A really bizarre set of circumstances. And then to compound that, Malik Cunningham, Louisville's quarterback, who, if you watch Louisville play, particularly uh, against the Florida State team, uh, which they lost too early in this year, Malik Cunningham is Louisville's whole offense. Mm-hmm. And he decides not to play. Not because he's declaring eligible for the NFL draft because he's not expected to get drafted just because of the stress involved with his coach leaving. So you you lose your coach and then your starting quarterback decides to sit out. Um, I like Scott Satterfield. I, I'll take Cincinnati if he contributes at all in this game. He'll probably help Cincinnati out. I would imagine just the playbook, if nothing else, uh, gives Cincinnati an advantage here. So I'll take Cincinnati plus two in the uh, Fenway ball. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. What would you think about that move? Like, I know it's funny, early in the season he was on the hot seat, but it seemed like they played really well the second half of the year, and they either were winning or were, like, Well, number one, apparently, from everything I've read about this move, Louisville's a really terrible place to coach. They are full of these out-of-control boosters who all year long have been screaming about uh, Brom up at Purdue and how much they want Brom to come home, be the hometown hero. Blah, blah, blah. And number two, you look at it, Cincinnati's coaching history of the last 25, 30 years is ridiculous. Everybody goes on to get a huge job uh, after springboarding off of Cincinnati. So for Satterfield, a guy from Appalachian State who went to Louisville, has had some success at Louisville, but has gotten nothing but grief from his boosters. And let's be honest, Louisville kind of mid-tier in the ACC, not a great place to be. Well, and they're, not, and not, they're not even rumored not for future. all the expansion. I think Cincinnati's yeah. a really good springboard job. I think this is a positive move, an unexpected move, but a positive move for them. Yeah, well, and you, I didn't even think about that because from Brian Kelly to now to Fickle, and I think the guy between Kelly and Fickle also got a gig um, on a bigger stage. I guess that's true. Tommy Tupperville before that. Butch Jones, everybody's favorite moron before that. But he got a big job. It wasn't Tennessee. It wasn't Cincinnati's fault that he sucked at Tennessee. No, like I said, you know. Going back to, uh, you know, as you said, Brian Kelly. Like, this has been a a huge springboard job at Cincinnati. So, number one, you know you can get a high talent level. um, and mostly Aren't they moving? They're moving too, right? They're with the UCF. Aren't they a part of the UCF? Correct. They're going to the Big 12. It's going to be wide open. The Big 12, I mean, with Texas and 
and again, you know, I think Fickle more than anybody else has demonstrated like there is enough talent in the yeah, Michigan, Ohio. Ohio area that you yeah. can recruit. Yeah. You can take the leftovers from Michigan, Ohio State and field a very competitive football team. Yeah. Uh, so moving into the new landscape, Big 12, I would expect them to be contenders. Yeah, I didn't think about that. All right, that's why we have the professor. He knows his college football. And we do have anyone. one other request from the great Jim Sarney there oh, Jesus, uh, who wants to make me feel the pain I felt Sorry. in soccer last week. Um, and pick another soccer game, which I'm very reticent to do. After, as you know, I had that parlay. Yeah, you were so close uh, last week <laughs> uh, with Big Croatia days. and the Netherlands, which I think was going to come in at like twelve and a half or thirteen to one. Oh my god! Uh, went to penalty kicks, and not only did I lose, but I got the the double whammy where the Dutch missed the first two penalty kicks. So you have to watch the next ten minutes, knowing you've already lost, <laughs> just praying for a miracle. Like I, I hope they made it interesting. They did get a miss. (laughs) They didn't get a miss where it got extended. And they did that thing that I hate more than anything else in soccer, which is where the guy is just clearly scared to miss the goal. So he kicks like the kind of soft one on the ground and hopes the goalie guess is wrong. I hate that. Like, just go up there and rip. I don't honestly, I don't blame Harry Kane for like ripping one 10 feet over the net because at least you were trying to kick the one that, like, hey, look, goalie, you're not going to stop this. this. Yeah, the Messi. If, if I don't miss the nets, this is going in. Yeah, what Messi uh, did in the semifinal game. Do I have a pick? Yeah, I do have a pick. This is actually interesting. It's a, it is the only time I can remember in any championship game, this is dead even. Both teams are plus 180 in regulation. Oh, wow. Uh, both teams are exactly, uh, I, I believe it's minus 110 to lift the cup period. So excluding regulation, I mean, Including the overtime in the shootout, this is this is a dead ass pick'em. You never see dead ass pick'ems in championship games. So I guess uh, people are saying it's a coin flip. I don't think it's a coin flip. I think uh, that uh, what we're going to have is the more experienced, the younger, the more talented championship team overcoming the superstar player who everybody wants the story. I'm taking France. I'm sorry, Messi fans, and I'm a Messi fan. I've always been a Messi fan. But it's not Messi's day anymore. It's Kylian Mbappe's day. He's He's the best player on the pitch. France has more talent. Has France looked great throughout this tournament? No, they haven't, but they've done enough to get through. And I think when you have a talented team, how many times do we see this in college football in the playoffs? A team that stumbles a little bit. Georgia last year stumbled in the SEC championship game, but the most talented team, they arrive in that moment and they find their moment. I think we're going to see that again with France. And, And, you know, look, if you're looking for something encouraging on France, Look at Lorraine's last two performances. Yeah, the goal has been out of his mind. He's been really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Argentina's keeper, outside of that, those penalty kicks against the Dutch has been actually, Martinez has been very shaky throughout goal. Um, I think it's the same old story for Messi. He's obviously one of the top players in the world still, um, but it's always come, come up short at the World Cup because Argentina just hasn't had the punch to go with him. I still don't think they don't. You look at club play France has even with the injuries to Pogba even with the injuries to Benzema France has the better club players uh, all across the field and again the best player on the field or particularly the one who can just physically make a difference is Mbappe I don't know how much you've been watching this but uh they did a segment the other day when Mbappe went on a run and then they timed this at a running start it wasn't a, a stop start it was a full run start but they timed him over 40 yards he ran a 3-8 over 40 yards. Oh, Jesus. Now, again, that wasn't a uh, from a stop position. That was at, at a full speed start. Wow. But that's, I mean, I don't care what sport you're in. That is off. He's, he's an, a ridiculous athlete. Yeah, it's insane. 
Well, that's funny because like Giroux and Griezmann have played well. I Pogba was the one that was like the star, like before Mbappe. Pogba was the dude that was like the G. So like, and Benzema has been around a long time. So the fact they're missing two of those guys in it hasn't even phased them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I my heart's with Argentina. I'm rooting on Messi, but yeah, France is the better team. They're the defending champion, and someone hasn't won back to back since when? When was it? Is it like the 80s or the 90s? I don't know. Uh, it was Brazil in the... Was it the 90s? 60s, I okay, believe. Okay, 60s. Okay, so yeah, someone back. hasn't won back-to-back in like 40, 50 years. No, we're going through a lot of history here. Obviously, the whole messy storyline, uh, you know, we are talking about... Uh, you know, people want to argue. He's certainly one of the greatest players. I never know what to do with Pele. He's not the greatest player ever. Uh, point to the World Cup, the fact that he's never won one. So he's going for legacy here. Argentina... Yeah is like this soccer powerhouse who really hasn't done all that great in the World Cup. They made one finals, but otherwise some disappointment for like the last 40 years versus the team who, if you look at it really since 2000, France has been the best national team in the world. And now they're going for the back to back and you've got the guy Mbappe because not only has he been a dominant club player and he's only 23 years old, he's been a dominant World Cup player. So if Mbappe can win a second cup and can get a couple of goals doing it, give himself another golden boot, like you're talking about a guy at 23 years old who has potential to get on that. If, If he wouldn't already be in that greatest of all time list, he'd be, you know, right there with a bullet coming up because a guy's got possibly another couple of World Cups and, I would assume that puts him uh, in strong contention for the Balloon d'Or because uh, he's had another great club season. So, you know, a guy, a younger guy coming up who, you know, I, I people compare him more to Ronaldo than Messi, and that's obviously given their positions and their skill set the more obvious comparison. But another guy who would be coming up really rapidly in that all-time discussion. Well, but I feel like he does a lot of what Messi does. Like, whenever I watch Ronaldo, I mean, I don't watch enough, I guess, but Ronaldo felt was like straight striker, dude, like – what was cool about Messi is he would Again, set people Mbappe up. Again, Mbappe plays on the wing, but he is more of a finisher than he is okay. a playmaker. He's okay. not he 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 can pass, yeah, but he's yeah, not yeah. that's not his main thing. Lot. He's not a he's not a dribble it up the pitch through the defense guy. Mm-hmm. He is a uses speed and his athletic athletic ability. He's better in the air than Messi ever was. He's probably not as good as Ronaldo was in the air because Ronaldo you know, probably for a good decade there was one of, if not the best player in the world in the air. But he's of the two, he's closer to Ronaldo than he is Messi. But he's really not exactly either one of them. Either one. Well, it should be an interesting final this Sunday at 10 o'clock. So it'll be your uh, breakfast. Given that it's South Florida, I feel like there's going to be a lot more angry people if France (laughs) wins because I feel like we have more Argentinians than we do the French, at least out and about because the – the Argentines like to go out and party for their soccer games, whereas yep. the French Canadians, I assume, stay home and be cheap because it costs money <laughs> to go out for the soccer games. And I know French Canadians cheer for Canada or they cheer for France or they cheer for both. You know, I, I don't have know. No idea. I know we have a lot of Argentinians. And then, yeah, and then we get this this weird thing where, you know, Americans, we pretty much root for the U.S. and then we ignore everybody else, whereas South Americans, they root for whoever the South American, South American team is. So yeah. I'm sure it won't be... Just Argentinians have Brazilians and Colombians and everybody else out partying, rooting for the South American team because they they seem to sort of go regional once their team gets eliminated. Which wow. it's weird to me. You see Brazilians out there rooting for other South American teams because to me that's like Alabama fans. Yeah, I don't understand. Jumping on the Auburn yeah. bandwagon the one year Auburn happens to get in the national title game, but yeah. whatever. 
I, I don't really understand all the fanhood at the World Cup thing. I don't understand, for example, and we, we were talking about this the other day, do countries sponsor hot chicks to go sta- sit in the stands at the World Cup? <laughs> you never see an average-looking woman sitting in the stands at the World Cup. It's all like nines and tens. Like, if you're an 8.5, don't bother applying for World Cup tickets. You're not getting in. It's all just the most beautiful women. It doesn't matter what – like, you can't convince me that every Croat – Woman in the, every Croatian in the woman in the world looks like Paulina Poroskova. But if you watch the World Cup, that's what you would think. You can't convince me there are just some dump trucks in Balabushka wandering around Croatia. It, it's got to be. But somehow it is nothing but stunningly beautiful. I, I was watching. It was a country you wouldn't expect. It was like a poor country. Maybe it was Cameroon or maybe it was Senegal, whoever the African team was. Senegal did well. Country. I remember Senegal. You wouldn't expect name. nothing but stunning women. They go, they cut to the fan section, and it's like 10 Naomi Campbell sitting in the front row <laughs> wearing Cameroon colors. Like, what, what the hell is going on in the stands here? How is that possible? I didn't know that. I haven't watched as much World Cup as you, so I'll, I'll leave that opinion to you. Uh, I'm but telling you, it's nothing but dimes in the stand. It's amazing. I believe you. You're a man of honesty. I, I in facts. I, I believe you. Um, but it is time, as we like to do each and every week. Uh, we didn't get to do it last week, so we want to make sure we do it this week for the professor's big board top five. All right, and we got no defo this week. Sorry, no you're, you're not feeling well, defo. Feel better. Um, I don't know if you're not actually feeling well, or you just had to get a second job because you spent a week in Atlantis. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> We know they like to hit you for everything they possibly exactly. can in Atlantis. So I missed the big board last week. Defo missing it this week. We're, we had technical difficulties last week, but we wanted to do this topic. So we're covering last week's topic. So for a few days dated, you're going to have to excuse us this week. We'll catch up currently next week. Fortunately, not a lot happened this week, so I don't feel bad doing the two week. And last week we had a lot of adventures, a lot of things going on. So we are going to... The big board of heel turns <laughs> this week because we had a lot of those okay. in sports last week. A lot of athletes went rogue. A lot of coaches went rogue. And we're going to cover it with the big board of heel, heel turns. Again, this is somewhat dated. This is last week's board, but we're covering it this week. Uh, so if we got some two-week-old stories and you don't like it, well, I'll double your money back yeah, on the uh, exactly. cost of the segment here. That'll be fine. And that'll take us to number five, which is – the only good part about the Manning cast are these inside stories. And Randy Moss goes rogue on Tennessee uh, on the Manning cast, telling people that Randy Moss intended to go to the University of Tennessee, but he didn't go to Tennessee because when he took his official visit, visit this would have been Peyton Manning's senior year, folks. Peyton Manning could have had Randy Moss as a freshman playing for Tennessee. Peyton Manning didn't bother to show up to Randy Moss's official visit because Peyton Manning was in Virginia visiting his then-girlfriend, now-wife, over the weekend that Randy Moss showed up. So Randy Moss tells the nation he was planning on going to the University of Tennessee, but didn't go because Peyton Manning didn't bother to show up (laughs) for his official visit. What the hell, Peyton Manning? (laughs) You could have beaten Florida. You could have gone to the national championship. You could have won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. But really, you were Peyton Manning. You were already going to be the number one pick in the draft. And even if you weren't the number one pick in the draft, you were going to be phenomenally rich. That girl was going to marry you anyway. What the (laughs) hell did you need to go 
visit her over the weekend where Randy Moss was busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're not the best looking dude in the world, Peyton Manning, but it is a lot easier for you to find a hot girlfriend than it is for you to My find Randy, Randy Moss. Moss level talent at wide receiver. <laughs> What do you think, Peerless Price and Randy Moss? Jesus. <laughs> you remember Randy Moss at Marshall? Nobody could cover Randy Moss. Well, I remember him at Florida State. That's the problem is he might not have played with Peyton. It wasn't until like two years later that he figured it out. <laughs> he had to go through Notre Dame and Florida State first before he was able to play. Anyway. Anywho, But, yes, yes that was uh, number five is Randy Moss tearing out the hearts of all Tennessee volunteers. Tennessee fans have had – First they lose, yeah. then Hooker gets hurt, then Randy Moss goes on TV and said, oh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> I was coming to Tennessee, but Peyton didn't bother to show up. Screw your hero. <laughs> He's a jerk. <laughs> Not only did he lose to Florida every year, but he cost you a national championship. Exactly. exactly. So Randy Moss turns heel and hits the entire That's Tennessee great. fan base with yet another folding chair over That's the great. head. So that was number five. To number four, as discussed, the Scott Satterfield Bowl. Scott Satterfield not only abruptly leaves Kentucky, I excuse me, Louisville. Kentucky, leaves yeah. Louisville yeah. to go to Cincinnati. And ego wise, that's kind of got to be a kick in the yeah, balls. I mean, they're not. Honest. They're a group of five team right now, right? Like if you're if you're Papa John, like yeah. you know <laughs> what, and the guy leaves you for Skyline Chili. Exactly. Like, that's <laughs> that's got to be a kind of a shot through the heart there. And number two. You're playing them in the bowl. Like, I, again, funny. I've never seen this before. That's funny. Where a coach leaves one school for another school that they happen to be playing in the bowl. Yeah, like, what is that? Again, it's about as big a coaching heel turn as I can. Now, again, as I understand it, it was kind of deserved from what I've heard. Uh, Louisville has not treated, and their booster base has not treated Satterfield well. So it's understandable. And realistically, Cincinnati's a better job. I get it. But I don't feel like if you're a Louisville fan, you're accepting the, my my premise that that Cincinnati's a better job. No, I no. feel if you're a Louisville fan, you got money, you've got facilities, you've had some success, uh, but maybe not as recently as Cincinnati has had. Yeah, I, no, if you're, I mean, and you're in whatever the ACC is, they are a Power Five team. Their team, their their winner the last few years has gone to the playoffs. I mean, it was Clemson, but still, they had a Heisman winner a few years ago, like. If you're Louisville, this is a slap in the face. Like Cincinnati, Cincinnati's done really well. They were they were in the playoffs themselves, but I mean, you, you're spinning at Cincinnati. That's funny. And he was supposed to be on the hot seat all year, and then he actually played well. So I thought he was off the hot seat. That's what was funny to me about that move was he had actually solidified his job. He had a decent recruiting class coming in. I think he has like a top twenty class. Number three, uh, Number broken four. hearts all around, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't really understand some of it, but including at Luby's own Florida State win. Coach Prime, please for <laughs> Colorado. I got to be honest. I don't know what to say to the fans of the historically black colleges and universities here. No, they other believe than he was staying. I, I'm you really you. thought he was just yes. committing to Jackson State forever? You I told really you. thought Prime was going to live in Jackson, Mississippi for like the next you. 30 years? Like you, you thought that was realistic? Have you not paid attention to Dion for... <laughs> well, ever since like the late 80s at Florida State, like, let's not forget, Dion kind of invented the whole hardship thing. Dion let kind of refined the whole I'm leaving early thing. People forget, I guess, Dion didn't attend classes his last year at Florida State. He yep. already knew he was going pro. He was yep. one of the first guys to do this, who just his entire last year at FSU, his junior year at FSU, 
just worked out and concentrated on football, knowing, knowing he was going to be academically ineligible because he was going to the draft anyway. Dion's the guy who famously went to the NFL draft, and when the Giants asked him for an interview, asked him where they were picking. When they told him, hey, no, I'm going to be gone by then. <laughs> like, Dion has always been about the money and the lights. I find it incredibly difficult to believe that there are people who actually thought when Dion told you, oh, yes, I plan to build something at Jackson State, that that didn't mean I plan to build something for me yeah. at Jackson State. <laughs> I and obviously Dion's leaving. He's taking everybody with him. And hey, look, I, to the Florida State fans who are heartbroken uh, that he's not going to Florida State, which is a small fraction of the fan base, but the small obnoxious uh, section oh, of the Florida man. State fan base is who dominates Twitter for some reason. FSU Twitter has, since the days of Mia Khalifa, been it really it, be, it doesn't belong on Twitter. It belongs on the dark net. That's how horrible <laughs> those people should be. They they should have had their own section on Silk Road where they just sold guns and pornography <laughs> instead of and 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 raised money for the Jameis Winston uh, uh, legal, legal defense fund, fund yeah. instead of uh, you know being Florida State fans on the internet. Hey, look, I get it, uh, but people are forgetting. With all this bad talk about Colorado, drugs aren't legal in Florida. They're basically all legal in Colorado. <laughs> like, I got to feel that's a huge recruiting boon to exactly. Dion. Like, you come out here and smoke as much weed as you want because we have a dispensary on campus. Exactly. It's completely illegal. <laughs> I feel like that's got to help Prime with the recruiting. It doesn't hurt. It's got to be a, a win. It's got to make for a much different series of those Aflac commercials. Yeah, exactly. He's high as hell. <laughs> Where the Gilbert Gottfried duck is just stoned. Oh, my God. That's funny. All the time. And Saban's angry because Dion's now taking a five-star away. That This is actually – this is what I love about Dion because apparently Saban didn't think he had that much shot of a Travis Hunter, so he kept doing the commercials. What happens if Dion actually gets a few kids that Saban wanted? Is, like, Saban just going to go totally rogue in those commercials? Is he going to refuse to do them? Is he going to have a player show up and try to beat Dion up? Like, I, I feel like those commercials, it would have been even better if he had landed at Auburn. Uh, but actually, I feel if he had landed at Auburn, it would just destroy them. They would have just stopped doing them. But uh, I feel like they've got more potential now with Dion at Colorado. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. We shall see. I know the HBCUs were sad, and I thought it was funny. I'm like, he's Dion. Like, he doesn't care about you. Yeah, what did you expect? He's never cared about anyone but himself. Uh, that was number three in the Professor Big Board top five. Number two, but I don't want and I don't want to get political here. Okay, uh, but it was a heel turn, and it did involve uh, uh, sports. So let's go number two. The worst trade in the history of sports. <laughs> we talked about it a lot last week. But let's <laughs> let's be honest here. Congratulations to our State Department for creating the only WNBA trade anybody has ever given a shit about. <laughs> we trade Victor Boot, the merchant of death, the most dangerous arms dealer in the history of humanity to Brittany Griner, for Brittany Griner. We traded Victor Boot, probably the most dangerous prisoner in our federal prison system, and I remind you, we have the Unabomber and a bunch of terrorists in our yep, federal prison yep, system. Yep. You know why we have a bunch of terrorists in our pr federal prison system? Because Victor Boot sold them guns and rockets. Yep. Like, 
I don't really understand this. Uh, we get the observation he's got no jump shot. From what I hear, if it involves shooting, Victor Boot is he's absolutely the, the master of it. <laughs> the Anything involving shooting, you don't want to mess with Victor Boot. He exactly. is he is the shooter of all shooters. Exactly. Anyway, I I don't get this trade. I really don't. I don't get it. You know, I I, I feel like you know if you have a guy named the Merchant of Death. He's worth at least three at WNBA. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> it's not a one for one. <laughs> on the other hand, I don't know if you saw the follow up on this, Luby, mm -hmm. but the day after, not the, about three days after uh, we made this trade, we arrested uh, one of the Lockerbie bombers in Libya. So we now have one of the bombers from the Lockerbie uh, airplane bombing, which took place in like 1988 in our prison system. So the good news here is, is that means like Megan Rapino and Sue Bird are above the law in Libya. <laughs> we now have a guy <laughs> and a vowed terrorist that Megan Rapino and Sue Bird could go over to Libya and kill all the people they want to kill. Because we now have the trading piece. Like our soccer chicks can do whatever the hell they want in Libya. From now, they go play Libya in a game. They can punch them in the face. They can yank them down by the hair. They've got no worries because we've got the trade pieces. We finally have the advantage because we have a terrorist who knocked down a plane who happens to be a Libyan. There you go. What a stupid trade. All right. Um, so, yeah, again, our State Department, in my opinion, turns heel, goes rogue, trades a guy, name the merchant. And, look, I, I – I, I, I don't want to get into the politics of this because people are being called ugly names, racist and misogynist. No, I didn't want Brittany Griner to rot in jail. No, no, but no, I don't want to trade this guy issue. for anything. No, no. Like, I, again, this makes the Herschel Walker trade exactly. look like a smart deal for the Vikings. <laughs> it was a bad trade. <laughs> Brittany Griner shouldn't have been there. It sucks. I felt bad, but not for him. Not for him. This, We're is, got a better this deal. is like when the Celtics got Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish exactly. for the Joe Barry Carroll pick. People talked about what just, was it, the Wilt or the Kareem is, trade. This is like when <laughs> when, when uh, Red Auerbach would just convince teams it was better for the league to give him all the good players. Exactly. That was, that, that's what the, the level of this trade was. Yeah, it was a joke. Um, okay. That was number two. We now number move two, on to the last one. Number one, very close to my heart, Luby. Mm -hmm. uh, two Tuesdays ago, we had the uh, Georgia Senate runoff elections, and a certain man broke hearts all around America when one guy who we've been talking about for a long time, who we've been telling people about for a long time, finally did the heel turn, and that is Doug Flutie broke America's hearts by coming out and being MAGA guy and pro-Herschel Walker guy by introducing... Herschel Walker to the country from the podium when he gave his concession speech. I, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I have been trying to warn you about this cheating Oompa Loompa <laughs> for 40 freaking years. <laughs> been trying to tell you to watch the highlight closely because they only play it anytime Doug Flutie calls a game or Doug Flutie uh, or Boston College plays a game. His mouthpiece piece was in his sock on film on Hale Flutie in 1984. That was an equipment violation. It was an illegal play. A competent referee crew would have called that play back, but they didn't. They gave him the Heisman for it. People around the NFL tried to make out like he was a good player at five foot six throughout the whole deal, despite the fact that even for a Wahlberg brother, he'd be like in the middle. He wouldn't be on the short side. That's marked, but he'd be like in the middle there. And uh, we've been trying to tell you for four decades about this guy and what he was. 
Well, I hope you finally get a, get it in America. He's not doing those eugenics commercials with Frank Thomas uh, to lend credibility. He's doing it because he's just as evil as Frank Thomas is. And if you remember from the big board a few weeks ago, all of Frank Thomas's former teammates hate him. Well, there you go. That's who Doug Flutie chooses to associate with. You know, Defoe's, if you hang around with losers, you'll be a loser, loser expression. Too. Well, if you hang around with evil, you'll be evil. And there you go. <laughs> Been trying to tell you about this guy for 40 years. Nobody wants to listen because, oh, it's so cute that he's a midget and he plays football. It's not cute. He's been a cheater since day one. It's not cute. (laughs) And that's your Professor's Big Board Top 5 of heel turns of the week. Big Board of heel turns. Actually, from two weeks ago, but we're, we're saying it's from this week. Well, we love you, Professor. Good luck on your plays. And we look forward to another big board top five next Friday. Everybody enjoy the bowl games. If you are going to. uh, Oh, the foundry. Yeah, there's no better place to watch some bowl, take in some bowl action than the foundry. For sure. If tomorrow you're you're skipping uh, Boise State and North Texas to watch a Dolphins game, I understand. Although my personal advice would be if you're a Dolphins fan, you might want to check out Boise State and North Texas instead. It'll probably be less painful for you. Don't watch that game. But it won't be painful if you take out taking the championship game with some brunch at the Foundry. So the championship's at 10. There you go. And Come brunch enjoy is the 11 World to Cup 3. Final. So enjoy that, and we'll enjoy more top five next week. Thanks, Ken, man. See you, Luby. One only professor. I'm hoping to get Mr. Mark Lawrence in here, and then we'll finish things off with Mike Mayo's lunchbox. From Gulfstream Park at 12 o'clock, more to come on the Defo Show with Luby. No Defo, just Luby here. On South Florida Live. The ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place. And that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, 
Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Mark Lawrence, burial last night with the hook, the dagger right there in the small of my back. That hook did me in again. I should know better. What would happen to you? We've asked you this before. If you actually were giving points in a ball game, would you be able to live with yourself or look yourself in the mirror the next day? I would probably be ordering my last meal at the same time. <laughs> there is nothing better than Defo. It's now time for the Defo Show. We welcome the one and only world championship handicapper with his football plays of the weekend, Mark Lawrence. Good morning, Mr. Mark Lawrence. How you doing? I'm doing just terrific, Luby. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, we'll get right to it. I know you're busy, man. Sorry we are late, but we are ready to go. What do you have for us this bowl season? What do you have for us this football weekend? I sort of wish you were my tax auditor because being late would be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, look at the football card this week. Uh, we're going to look at uh, what we call two hibernating wolves. Nice. And what the what these are are uh, two dogs that uh, will put a bite on teams. They're rested, and they're coming off losses. And I think that they can spoil the path of two football teams that are headed to the playoffs. The first is going to be Saturday, tomorrow, the Indianapolis Colts. They're taking four points from Minnesota. Uh, you look at the Colts, uh, the last 11 times that they've been coming in off of a double-digit loss, they've won the money all 11 times. They're on an 11-0 win streak doing just that. They've also won the money seven straight games in a row against teams out of the NFC North, where Minnesota resides. And the Vikings... Uh, what's really unique is uh, you take a look at the standings in the National Football League and uh, you'll find eight, nine win or better teams, a total of eight teams that have won nine or better games this year. Minnesota is one of those groups. And you look at the point differential for Minnesota this year, they've allowed minus one point net for the year. They've allowed a, a point more than they've scored combined. That's, that's really unusual for a 10-win team. They're really going backwards, and Minnesota is the worst defense in the National Football League right now. We've got to play against that with a rested Indianapolis Colts, so we'll make them play number one nice. on Sunday's football card. Nice. All right, so you got the Colts. Uh, we have getting four is what I have here. Four. Over Minnesota. What else do you have on your uh, NFL card? We're going to take a look at the Chicago Bears, uh, also playing with a week of rest, coming off a loss. Uh, they're taking nine points from the uh, high-flying Philadelphia Eagles coming in here. Uh, in, in what you've got to hear in Chicago is a team that, uh, w when they're coming off a straight-up end point spread loss, like, like they're doing here, last seven times they've won the money all seven times. So this is a role they fit real comfortably into. The Eagles are coming in here with an ugly number, not only 0-10 to the spread as a non-division road favorite, five or more points, but they've got the Dallas Cowboys up next. This is a real bad spot here for Philadelphia. Uh, in you would call a bad division sandwich here right now. 0-5 to the number in games against Dallas Cowboys before they play Dallas here. I think Chicago plus the nine might even pull the upset over the Philadelphia Eagles. 
All right, so we got Chicago not only getting nine, but may put a little money taste on that. Anything else, NFL, or any bowl uh, plays for you, Mr. Lawrence? Well, the bowl games, uh, we always start out nice and uh, easy here. Uh, okay. Well, what, let me ask you, because the professor yes. over the years, and he's yes. a guy that for years would like look early. Like you get the matchups a few weeks before they happen, so he would look, and you could sort of handicap ahead of time. Now with be it the playoffs, the transfer portal, uh, guys going to the league, McCaffrey sort of started this a few years ago, but you'll see guys tapping out. How do you handicap bowl games ahead of time when a lot of time guys won't say they're not playing until like the day of or the day before? Very cautiously is how you have to approach this because of the situations that you just outlined. Uh, you have to be aware of all those factors in those situations here. Take a look at tomorrow uh, in the Fenway Bowl, Louisville, Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it should really be called the Satter. It should be called uh, the Satterfield Bowl. I mean, the guy was the head coach at Louisville. Now he's going to be the head coach at Cincinnati. Uh, he's going to sit the game out. He's he's not going to coach the football game. But here's Louisville. Their best player, their quarterback, Malik Cunningham, is out because he wants to declare for the draft. Yep. Puts a lot of holes in handicapping a football game like that. So there's games you have to be very, very cautious and patient about and skip those. I would normally make a good case for uh, Brigham Young against SMU. In the New Mexico Bowl, now Bergen Young's quarterback, Jalen Hall, uh, he's not sitting out because he's talking about transferring. He's just injured. Yep. And uh, the question is whether he plays or not. Now, if he plays, we're going to make a good side play here to BYU mm. to upend SMU in that football game on Saturday in the New Mexico Bowl. And one other thing I'll, I'll, I'll mention here on Saturday's card is it's not often that you get teams with losing records that make it to the bowl games. And it's really become a little bit more fashionable mm -hmm. of late year uh, since the pandemic where they needed to fill teams yep. in because there weren't enough teams to qualify. And that would be the case for Rice. And they did it because of their APR scores, uh, you know, just uh, scholastically. They, they ranked right near the top. That's why they got this bowl bid. They're a game short of being a uh, six-win bowl qualified. But they're also a very hungry football team. And you like teams like that that are given this thrilled-to-be-here situation. Uh, Southern Mississippi had higher aspirations, and they end up falling into the lending tree bowl. That could be a nice spot here for Rice on Saturday. So take a look at that Rice side on Saturday uh, in the college football bowl game. And uh, when we get back and visit again next Friday here, we'll have a little bit more better feel of exactly what's going on in the college football car. But those would be my looks this weekend. All righty. So his plays are the Colts getting – Four over Minnesota, the Bears getting nine over the Eagles. And if you want to dabble on the bowl season, because we don't know who the hell's playing, but if the right players play, Mr. Lawrence likes BYU getting four over SMU and Rice getting, I have seven, we'll give him the, the hook, getting seven over Southern Miss. Mark, if people want more of your stuff, I know it's playbooksports.com. What can they expect? I know you do like a whole bowl guide. What can they expect from playbooksports.com this holiday football season? Well, that bowl guide is exactly what you just mentioned, Luby, here. It's a, uh, it's just a 30-page, everything-you-need-to-know-information nice, guide. Yeah, you. there's a ton of work we put in. I can't tell you uh, how many hours of sleep that I did not get putting yeah. that bowl guide together. <laughs> uh, but it's really, really well worth it. Uh, everything that you'll need to know about a bowl game is all contained inside the guide. You can download it at playbooksports.com, where all of our other publications are also available. Check it all out online at playbooksports.com. Check him out 
at playbooksports.com and every Friday around 8.20-ish, 8.25, 8.30 here on the Devo Show with Luby on South Florida Live. Mark, appreciate it. Have a great betting weekend and we'll talk to you next Friday, my friend. Hey, my pleasure as always, Louie. Best of luck to you. Tell Devo I said hey and I'll catch you next week. All right, Mark. Thank you. That is the one and only championship winning handicapper, Mark Lawrence. We will go from one well-respected degenerate in Mark Lawrence to another well-respected degenerate in the gambling gourmet, Mike Mayo. More of the Devo Show with Luby. No Devo, just Luby. Here in South Florida Live, the gambling gourmet Mike Mayo with us next. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks, hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. All right, so you have the poem. Let's do it. Roses are red, violets are blue. I got DQ'd from the late double. Sorry, no champagne or caviar for you. Mike Mayo, the Gambling Gourmet, ladies and gentlemen. The only way to get your morning started is with Defoe, joined by Luby, right here on The Defoe Show. Good morning, one and all. Welcome to The Defoe Show with Luby. No Defoe, just Luby here on South Florida Live, also the home of Mike Mayo's Lunchbox each and every day at 12 p.m., where today you can find us at Gulfstream Park, I hope Devo took the morning off so that he could find his way to Gulfstream. We shall see. Not really sure about that, but I am sure that the one and only gambling gourmet, Mike Mayo, is with us here. Good morning, Mr. Mayo. How you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing a whole hell of a lot better than <laughs> Devo, that's for sure. Um, how see, are you, Luby? Uh, I'm good. Uh, way to, you know, I guess that was a morning surprise for you to just kind of get the... Uh, yes. He was fine <laughs> yesterday. We saw him to... yesterday. He was fine. I know his toe was bothering him. But well, he, he was struggling, and, you know, I knew he had this, uh, you know, the toe situation, which, you know, just makes you hobble around, but... Uh, that cough, I was a little concerned by the cough, and uh, oh, you were right. You know, I'm just hopeful that uh, it's just the the typical cold crud uh, thing going around, and and not something more severe. Uh, I don't know if we have to do COVID testing before he comes on set if he actually shows up at Coldstream. Uh, that's what Guy Fieri's crew uh, made oh, us really? do the other day. Oh wow! Um, and what a selfish prick because we were all like <laughs> congregating in this bar, you know, outside by where this food truck is. You know, all the people who are invited guests, we're all just like mingling. And then all of a sudden, like this guy taps me on the shoulder, one of the production crew, 
And I'm talking about uh, uh, Guy Fieri uh, is doing a bunch of taping of his upcoming season at different South Florida uh, establishments that he's going to be featuring on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Guy Fieri now is a South Florida full-time resident. Well, not full-time, but legal resident, probably for tax purposes, because that's what people do when they get (laughs) uh, (laughs) nine-figure contracts, $130 million. You're a Panama. I was invited by one of the uh, restaurateurs who runs a operation to come on out for the day of taping where Guy is there and he uh, interviews some of the, uh, you know, invited guests while they're eating and pretending to be customers. It actually all ended up blowing up because they were running late. The sun set. They did one set of interviews with uh, this couple. And then they was like, oh, that's a wrap. And he hopped in his SUV and went scooting on back to uh, Lake Worth. Really? And all of us basically showed up and wasted two hours for nothing. <laughs> but uh, before we got to that point, and they were doing a retape reshoot today, of course, right in the middle of the lunchbox. You can't so even be can't there. Oh, that's stupid. Right. So, <laughs> um, but uh in any event, so this uh, we're all mingling in the bar before you know the, uh, the the shoot, and this guy taps me on the shoulder, and I get I, I was like, uh oh, what did I do? And it's like, yeah, my name is Mark. I'm the cold compliance officer for Discovery cold Network. I was like, I was like, uh oh, did they find something in my background? Did they ban <laughs> food critics who ragged on guy in the past in print or something? And no, it's like, no, nope, we've got to do the COVID. T- we got to do the rapid COVID test now. Meanwhile, it was an outdoor shoot. We've already, already been, been mingling each with each other. We, no, that's the thing. It's only to protect Guy. So okay. what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Not to protect any of us and maybe exactly. you know, people that are – it's just like to produce – to protect the talent. But there I guess, you, you know, when you're worth $130 million, and I guess to protect the other crew members maybe. But it was an outdoor shoot, and this is Florida. We don't care about COVID. Don't, COVID I was going to say COVID. Like, when people bring up COVID, I'm like, COVID? So they, uh, I don't go for them. And I – I tested negative because I do you. test myself regularly living with my mom. and wow. uh, But I do hope that uh, Defoe uh, does not have anything like that. I hope he's, um, you know, he just needs some rest, right? And uh, But we have put him on the injury report yes. uh, as doubtful. Yes. Probably going to be uh, a, a scratch, right? We'll have to scratch him. But I'm excited because these Gulfstream things are going to be fun. I'm hoping the rain holds up because we want to set up in a different location, which probably will not be covered. So it's a lot of these remotes are always kind of They're fun. Shoot, it's fun. <laughs> um, and I'm really disappointed if Defoe won't make it because um, we had a guest lined up today that uh, not necessarily food related, but a guy that I don't know if Defoe would want to strangle him or genuflect before him, but he's known as the like inventor father of simulcasting, oh. the guy who came up with the idea of betting a race at not the physical racetrack where you're at. And now of course, simulcasting has become a complete name of the game. And, uh, but uh, his name is Tommy Roberts and uh, he's going to be at Gulfstream today. I think he just published a book uh, and uh, we were going to get a chance to chat with him. Uh, Of course, you know, I'm appreciative of, the invention of simulcasting. So I'll have enough to talk about with him, but I know that Defo would have gotten the king of screen that, to screen. But... Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, yeah. And they call me C to C coast to coast. They call him uh, screen, to screen. screen to screen. Yeah. Never met a bad racetrack. We didn't love to bet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now it's going to be a fun show today because uh, also we have our contest and that went well. And congratulations to Andy man last Andy week. Man. He, he won the tiebreaker, uh, the shake, the two-way uh, shake 
because nobody picked the winner last week, which was shocking to me because it was a Chad Pletcher horse and it was a food named horse. And I was telling people last week, you got to go with the food angle on the lunchbox. A horse's name was Juniper Marshmallow. That was in the wait a while stakes. Uh, but Andy Mann won the two way shake by getting the correct answer, which was Monero's restaurant. I don't know what the heck Defoe was talking about, that there's a Monero is still in Highland. There isn't. There's there's a Mateo's. Okay. Uh, I think he might have got it confused yeah. with Minio's. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll have another uh, restaurant trivia question, series of questions and clues. And then in the game, the way it works is if you get that part, you know, you give your you email your answer to me at Mike Mayo eats at Gmail dot com, along with a pick in tomorrow's feature race, which tomorrow's feature race is going to be the two mile long. It's oh, an geez. unusually long distance two mile Allen H Jerkins stakes. Okay. And uh, I don't think Defoe could get two miles these days with his <laughs> toe. And, you know, he would once mock two miles as a uh, not even a walk of life and kind of a walk of shame because he usually gets four miles. Three in. But four, yeah. The way he's hobbling around these days with his toe and bedridden with, uh, you know, hopefully what's not a lethal case of pneumonia. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he could get two miles and he can't. Uh, but uh, these uh, it's a full field of 12 with a okay. couple of also eligibles. And the other, like kind of bonus is for fans of the Defoe show. One of the entries in the Alan Jerkins tomorrow that you could pick on as a winner is Sole Volante, who is in, Oh, uh, shut uh, up. Sole Volante is in the race, really? <laughs> He's in the race tomorrow. Oh yeah, Alan Jerkins. So one of the, the, you know, made famous by uh, Jersey Kyle in one of your drops. So, cue that drop for the show today, because we are going to be mentioning Sole Volante. Uh, not ridden by Luca Panici tomorrow, ridden by Kentucky Derby winning jockey Sonny Leone. Oh, my God. Uh, for wow. tomorrow's That's amazing. Alan Jerkin Stakes. I think it's the ninth race on the card of 11 tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. So that will be the contest uh, horse pick part of the uh, of the contest. And uh, Andrew, Andy is not eligible to win again. We've made a rule that if you've won once, you, can win for 90 uh, days you are uh prohibited from winning again for 90 days this is going to be a four month long contest so whoever wins in the first month can basically win again in that final month which will be leading up to uh, the florida derby uh which is on april 1st i believe or second and uh yeah we'll be running these contests and the two uh vouchers for the sunday brunch at 10 palms at gulfstream will be redeemable good for any sunday uh, during this current racing season going through the Florida Derby. So exciting stuff on the lunchbox. Okay, and uh, we are going to be wrapping up oh. here. What I wanted to ask, well, what are you going to say? What are well, you wait, let me first eat. I've got a bagel with the lock spread from our great remote That was yesterday. amazing. That was delicious. And let me tell you, you, you took the Slice Nova home, right? That yeah, stuff yeah. is like gold. Yeah, that's that, great. That, that is so good. Was there anything better than when you get one of those fresh, fresh and that sesame bagel when it came right out of the oven and you could see the steam rising and even Necky Mohan, you know, she's she, she she's a New Yorker. She grew up in New York. You know, she's got the island vibe. But, you know, even I could see her eyes light yeah. up at that beautiful bagel. And I got to admit, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, some great uh, bagels around in, in Brooklyn, Canarsie. Obviously, in Manhattan, um, the two big ones are H&H bagels and Essa bagels. That sesame bagel rivaled anything out of the ovens of H&H or Essa bagel yesterday. And when you put that 
cream cheese and that fresh sliced Nova. Oh my God, that was fucking great. They make great bagels. And anyway, I'm gonna, I mean, and, and that's the thing is that a bagel's a bagel. You would think until you have a really good one. Like until I went to New York, I didn't understand what they meant by New York has the best bagels. Once you have it, you're like, oh shit, this is a little different. Like they, you said it yesterday, and I, I don't know if you're exactly right because we have a lot of delis, so I'm not gonna say they're the best ever. But for my estimation, I, I'm Jewish. We eat a lot of bagels. They make as good a bagel as anyone down here. Like, and it's not because it's not the cookie cutter. Like when they come fresh out like that, they're bigger. They're more fluffy, which you don't even think about with a they're bagel. Puffy. Yep. Chewy on the inside. Yep. A little bit of crunch, crunch. on the shell on yep. the outside. It's, they're not know, standard. It's yeah, a lot of these places yeah. do standardized bagels. They don't. They make them. No, well, a lot of people, a lot of places, first of all, don't even make them in-house. They yeah. they have them farmed out, made by a commercial bakery. Yeah. And also those bagels and some of the in-house places, they use a machine. So they get this preformed bagel that looks, all of them look the same. Yep. And not here. They hand roll them. They boil them. They bake them. I've seen the two marks work the ovens there with their big paddles and they bend over and, you know, they got six racks rotating around and you got to take them out just at the right time. And, you know, they do it the old fashioned way. They, they, these guys know what they're doing and uh, proud to have them as sponsors of the lunchbox. Yeah. It's uh, good stuff. So if you've never been, go. And the matzo ball soup was excellent. Great. Uh, my Nikki mom's health aid uh, was raving about it. So, it. uh yeah, it was and good. the latke was good. They make a really good latke. Like, all right. So here's the uh, secret. And Mark does it. It's not a secret, but Mark wanted to be on. They do not make those potato pancakes, okay. the latkes, in house. They okay. do get them okay. from a place that is a market uh, up in Boca Raton, Joseph's Market, okay. which has several locations. But uh, Joseph's Market. Uh, makes apparently some damn good yeah, potato good. pancakes. They were good. They were legit. The way they were grated up, you know, a little bit bigger than the ones I, I make. Say they're like, like kind of the thin, wispy one. These are kind of, you know, when you're selling them, you got to, you know, give it some heft. Uh, but uh, had great flavor. And when they kind of just, uh, they dunked them in the fryer to give them that crisp. and yep. make Because the, the whole key to a potato pancake latkes is uh, you got to have it, you know, fresh from a fryer yep. so that it's hot and you could actually, you know, kind of feel the oil because yep. uh, the whole point of celebrating Hanukkah is celebration of the oil that used the, that the fueled lights. the lamps, yes. Anora starts Sunday night. So to our uh, Jewish friends out there, uh, happy Hanukkah. And then we've got, of course, uh, next week, big week, because uh, after the start of Hanukkah for eight days, we've got Festivus for the rest of us. I believe that's on the 23rd uh, when there will be airing of grievances. Believe me, <laughs> and you, there will be airing of grievances and uh, maybe starting with the Dolphins if they lose a fall with well, well, after they lose yeah, their fourth yeah. straight game, because nobody's giving them a shot. I don't really give them any shot. Really I just hope that, uh, you know, Perkins makes it out of there alive if they're going to get seven inches of snow and the parking lot and. You know, it gets pretty treacherous doing the travel thing and doing the, um, uh, you know, of all my flying and travel experiences when I was a sports writer, the closest I came to death was in Buffalo. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. It was an Eastern Airlines. Back when there was an Eastern Airlines, we had a near miss on the runway where we like it was, I guess, snowing and not the greatest conditions. And it was one of those where the plane was coming down to make a landing. And all of a sudden we were not more than I'd say like. 50 feet off the ground where all of a sudden the plane just went a sharp up like you know oh no and there was another plane right in the middle of the runway oh, where we, when we were about to land and uh 
the uh, I, I think the pilot told us that. Oh, <laughs> God. Like, oh, my God. oh shit. <laughs> that was a close call. All right, uh, enough of my yapping. I have no picks. My pick is Buffalo, uh, but I don't know what the spread is. I don't know it's if I give seven, it I, think I guess the under. Like but seven, the under is going to be suppressed because everybody knows the weather is going to suck. But yeah, uh, it's like seven, seven I and guess. a hook, and the over under is forty four. Like thirty. 44. 44? 44. Oh, I'll take the under if it's, if it's going to be a snowstorm. Yeah. Do you really think Tua, after not being able to pass in pretty nice conditions in the West Coast the last two weeks, is going to be able to do anything in that no, condition, no. Uh, especially with both his favorite targets banged up? And uh, so the answer is no. I guess I'll take the under. That'll be my play of the day. I'm betting against Sole Volante. Um, Andy wants to know if you can run for purse money only. Of course, you yeah, can, can send play. in an entry, yeah, Andy. You can play. You're just not, not going to win anything. But if you, uh, you know, there will be no uh, two-way shakes if you come up with the correct uh, answer. Actually, last week it was like two people didn't get the winner. They got the second-place horse, and that's how we do it. Yep. It's going to be a fun day. And tune in at and 12 o'clock right here, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. And I'll see you out there. Bring a table, too, so uh, in case we need to bring it. Okay. Do, do you have a folding table? I have a folding table, yes, sir. So we'll okay. bring our I'm folding table. Bagel. Enjoy your bagel. And, uh, and you'll see more of yep. this gentleman at 12 p.m. right here on Mike Mayo's Lunchbox Live from Gulfstream Park. We'll see you then, Mayo Man. All right. I appreciate everyone who wrote it out with me today. We will be again at Gulfstream Park at 12 o'clock for Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. And we'll be back Monday at 7 a.m. for The Professor, for The Greek, for Mark Lawrence, for The Absent Defo, and Mike Mayo. I am Mike Luby Lubitz. We will see you Monday right here at 7 a.m. on The Defo Show, hopefully with Defo and Luby, here on South Florida Live. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.